Until recently, my company has been a very small business. I started it essentially in my bedroom. It makes this strange moment, for me at least, now even stranger, having to go into the closet of my bedroom to fire off these audio missives to you all a few times a week. My wife is a small business owner too, has been for years. She runs two clothing stores, both of which are now shuttered. She's had to, like many Americans, find another way to reach her customers. Really, it's not the same for any of us, but especially for those in retail. So please support your favorite shops. For many, the threat of closing down during this time, it's not just a setback, it's existential. In other words, they may not be coming back. And that threat is present all over the country, all over the world. Places that make communities what they are, they're going away. And they're taking something with them that won't just sprout up after there's a vaccine for the coronavirus. Our producer, Kate Mishkin, found a place like that. It's in Charleston, West Virginia. We'd rather, like, go out of business doing the right thing than stay in business doing the wrong thing. From Neonham Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through the pandemic. Hey, Kate, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm hanging in there like the rest of us. So, Kate, I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with you because I know about the story that you've been reporting in West Virginia for Telescope. Uh, My wife owns a small business, and as you can imagine right now, retail is a mess, and people are having to make some really hard decisions when they can't even open their doors. So with that in mind, I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about a shop that you've been following in West Virginia called Kinship Goods. Kinship Goods is the kind of shop where you walk in and immediately feel like you know the people who own it. You look around and see the exposed brick, Christmas lights everywhere, and a pair of old beagles roaming around. Nice candles, various tchotchkes to buy. They also sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, tea towels. Think Appalachian chic. It's a shop I immediately grew to love when I lived in Charleston. I moved to town in 2017 to work for the newspaper there. But in Charleston, Kinship Goods is more than just a store. It's something of an institution. When West Virginia's teachers went on strike a few years ago, Kinship quickly rolled out clothing emblazoned with the words, support teachers, and then donated some of the proceeds for school supplies. They're always thinking about their community. We try to make things that are comforting to people. Um, That is kind of our main thing. Dan Davis owns Kinship with his wife, Hillary Harrison. They moved to Charleston six years ago, and they love it there. It is the weirdest place I've ever been. And like, that's that's actually what I like about it. And they've been successful. Until recently, they never had what Dan calls a zero-dollar day. Now we're open every single day. Or, you know, we were. (laughs) We were open every single day, yeah. The coronavirus has moved quickly. From a small outbreak in China to suddenly being in Europe, Then here. Now it's everywhere. And it feels like we've been in quarantine forever. But back in the middle of March, back when things were starting to shut down in California and New York, West Virginia still hadn't reported its first case. 
In fact, it was the only state without a reported case. The governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, held a press conference and basically told people not to change their daily routines. For crying out loud, go to the grocery stores. If you want to go to Bob Evans and eat, go to Bob Evans and eat. But Dan could tell something alarming was going on. I have a lot of friends in Italy, actually. Um, I'm a touring musician, so I've spent a lot of time in Italy, and I have a lot of friends in Bologna. And, you know, I would hear, like, this is not a joke, this is not a joke, like Italy, all the stuff, and, you know, would read the news and keep up. And when, you know, there were first cases in the U.S., um, I was like, I don't know, this is pretty serious. And then on, like, March 5th, we started, like, really talking about it. Like, what are we going to do? Like, how could we swing this? I actually was worried about like blowback from like people just thinking that we were like overreacting, not really caring, but that's like what I was like uh, ramping up to deal with. At home, Dan and Hillary would kind of bat around the idea. Should they close down? Especially because we're new to being bosses and the whole thing. And it's not just us in a spare bedroom in our house anymore. We're like worried. We're just like not doing what businesses should do. And then like, at the end of the day, like, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. So, um, yeah, we made that decision. They got advice from other people in business, many of whom discouraged them from shutting down. They'd lose revenue. This isn't, like, a thing that most businesses are doing. Like, Wait. Amazon isn't doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, billion-dollar companies aren't doing it. And it's like, we are not a billion-dollar company. Um, I don't know. It's a very heavy decision. The whole time is heavy, though. I mean, it's heavy for everybody. But Kinship has always just made decisions based on, like, what we feel is, like, the right thing to do. And I to be a company whose whole message, its whole career has been stay cozy um, and not, like, practicing that core value seemed disingenuous to us. <laughs> so at a weekly staff meeting... They told their 12 employees they were closing their doors for a while. And then Dan and Hillary dropped a bombshell. Um, we also don't want you to have to worry about, like, money. So, like, we are going to pay your wage um, as if you were working. And so I was definitely surprised. That's Jenna. She works at Kinship. Um, especially when they told us that they would be paying us for, you know, whatever we were scheduled for those weeks. Um, so I was, I was very surprised, but um, I felt like, I mean, it wasn't out of character for them to do something like that. They're the kinds of bosses who make a promise and keep it. Another employee, Geneva, even said she felt a little weird that her bosses would make that kind of gesture. I've even felt pretty guilty about Hillary and Dan um, continuing to pay us through all of this uncertainty. Like, it just feels strange. As far as business went, Dan and Hillary knew they could make it work alone. They still had inventory, and they could screen print clothes and ship orders themselves, just like they used to. But what if it's not safe to go to the post office? And what if this just isn't the kind of thing that people want to spend their money on anymore? What's that like? Stressful. Um... I'm not so much stressed about the business because both me and Hillary are very scrappy and um, Kinship's whole thing is that we're very scrappy and we both came from like nothing. We had um, no bank loans, no credit cards, no parental help. Um, 
no money really. So we worked full-time jobs and, um, after work, we would buy a t-shirt, print that t-shirt, sell one t-shirt, and then buy another t-shirt with the money of that one t-shirt. So we never really had like, um, a leg up, but I'm worried about our staff who I have 12 of now, um, which is a lot. And I'm worried about, you know, like people in the community and stuff like that. Kinship is on Charleston's west side in an area called Elk City. It's one of the most successful shops in the area, which makes it easier for other businesses to open in the neighborhood. But as stores lock up for now, things in Elk City are taking a turn for the worse. Elk City kind of as a whole is is a little scary right now because I know that there has been a string of of break-ins and vandalism and stuff um, with that part of town being essentially shut down because it's mostly small businesses now. Before the coronavirus, things were really taking off for Kinship. They were going to expand, buy a new building. It was going to have a bike shop and a new bar called Blind Dog. But now, all of that is on hold. I don't want people to be in groups. Like, I really believe in, like, flattening the curve and stuff. So we're not going to be working on a building. And plus, we're paying payroll out of pocket. Should we take on a super expensive project um, without any revenue coming in? I just don't know. We just don't know. So that's all up in the air. But like, we really want to put like our money where our mouth is. Like, I want to invest in that neighborhood. Dan and Hillary's promise to keep paying employees stands out in West Virginia, a place where workers have historically been undervalued. One of the most important moments in the state's history is the Battle of Blair Mountain, a clash between coal companies and union miners. It's considered the largest armed uprising in our country. Since the Civil War, West Virginia is rife with stories of people who have power and those who don't. No, we we think about that kind of thing all the time. It's like hard to be here and not like think about that stuff. Like I'm the boss because I'm like the driver of the car, but like we're all in the same car together. If the car crashes, we all crash. So on March 12th, Hillary and Dan closed up shop and went into quarantine. A week and a half later, the governor ordered the close of non-essential businesses. And things started to shut down around Charleston. This was all starting to feel like the new normal. And just as they were making peace with all of this... Now we have another decision to make, which is just like, how much longer do we keep paying everyone? No one knew how long the shutdown would last. So after two and a half weeks, they decided to lay their employees off so they could file for unemployment benefits. My brain was just like, I want to take care of these people. But like once it was like, they'll still be taken care of. We pay into this program. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They called their employees together for a video meeting. Hear me? Yeah. yeah. Hello there. Coming in loud and clear. We just want to be like straight up with everybody. So obviously we're not going back to work right now. We're not doing that. Um, so payroll right now for us is... $4,600 a week. So that's with me and Hillary not getting paid. We're not paying ourselves. Our most important thing is like, what is after this? With unemployment, you get unemployment plus $600 a week. So Which that- is more than any of us make. The coronavirus response bill is designed to send emergency relief to people and businesses across the country. And in these strange times, some retail workers might make slightly more on unemployment than going to work. 
Still, after two weeks of staying at home and getting paid by her bosses, the layoffs felt like whiplash to Jenna. Everything kept changing. I didn't see that coming, I guess. They wouldn't be the only ones. 16.8 million U.S. workers have filed for unemployment benefits in the last three weeks. It's a historic high by millions. Dan thinks of the coronavirus response bill as a kind of insurance. It might be the reason kinship survives. But it's like, you know, I'm not trying to buy a yacht or something. Like, there's not, like, money. I'm not, like, Scrooge McDuck. So it's like, we have to be smart about what we're doing so that when this all passes, there will be a place to come back to for all of them. Um, But that's, like, really stressful. And we've, like, tried to ask the staff, and all of them are like, this this above our pay grade. Like, we don't want to help you make this decision, basically. So that's fair. Until the shop opens again, they're coming up with new ways of generating revenue and helping other businesses stay afloat. This is the first I'm saying out loud, but I think we're going to do a shirt that you buy for um, $30, and then you tell us which business you want 10 of those dollars to go to. So that way, like, you could buy a shirt from Kinship, support Kinship, and then we will give $10 away to another business. Um, So you could support another business that isn't able to do what we're able to do. Still, Dan feels a little uncomfortable trying to make money right now. It just feels gauche to be like, oh, everybody's out of work. Let's uh, try to sell you things. Um, We have some plans to, you know, start making revenue again, hopefully. Um, But I think we needed the two weeks of like just breathing for a minute before any of that felt like okay to do. Kinship is closed indefinitely. But that hasn't stopped people from placing online orders from all around the country. Dan and Hillary are shipping out packages slowly, trying not to put extra strain on postal workers. They're packing up boxes, just the two of them. A big thank you to the folks at Kinship Goods for sharing their story with us. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. Today's episode was reported and produced by Kate Mishkin. It was edited by Catherine St. Louis and Vikram Patel. The managing producer of Telescope is John Asante. Her engineer is Mark Bush. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you might hear on this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. We want to stay connected to you during this strange and unprecedented time in our history, so please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. We do read them. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. And if you like this show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. We'll see you on Friday.